And it's time for you and your money with folks from Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, Strategic Wealth Advisors. And joining me today, Lawrence Hale, Principal, Managing Partner, and Chief Investment Officer at Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, Strategic Wealth Advisors. Lawrence, good to have you back, buddy. Thank you. Good morning, Wayne. Great to be here. Well, today we're going to be discussing end-of-the-year money moves to reduce 2022 taxes. Yes, it's getting close to that time. But before we dive into that, let's hear the latest news. What do you got on the financial markets? Where are they going now? Well, you know, with the, yesterday's Fed announcement that they're increasing uh, short-term interest rates by three-quarters of 1%, uh, not necessarily a surprise, but that, that made the markets a little jittery yesterday with uh, a, a big day, uh, unfortunately, in the wrong direction. But it's not necessarily off-trend or anything we didn't expect, uh, as the Fed is going to continue to raise rates until they can get a handle on inflation. And that's obviously putting the squeeze on the cost of money and has ramifications throughout the economy uh, to try to ultimately tampen the effects of inflation. And and it will work. It's just a matter of when and uh, to what degree. But, you know, the impact on the markets this year has been definitely uh, felt, uh, particularly by Fed policy, as well as a number of other risks uh, with some slowdowns in certain industries and and market performance uh, has reflected that with the S&P 500 index down through yesterday, uh, just a hair over 20 percent, not a good year. Uh, International markets uh, in a similar uh, position with even though we have a strong dollar, uh, MSCI EFA, broad-based international index, down about 22 and a half percent. And one area of the markets that usually is a bit of a, uh, a, a, um, uh, an anchor in portfolios is bonds. And this year, with the dramatic rise in rates uh, kind of across the board, we've seen the bond market have a really, really difficult time uh, doing its job. And they're down, uh, the Barclays, or excuse me, the Bloomberg Aggregate Bond Index down around 15.5% this year. So unfortunately, no rocks to hide under. Um, the good thing is, is for depositors and short-term investors with cash, there are some opportunities uh, as rates go up. Uh, but we're going to be in a, a kind of a wait-and-see game until we get past the rate increases and, and know that inflation is well under control. Yeah, we have heard an awful lot in the last couple of months about the Fed raising the interest rate. But conversely, is that good news for people who have savings accounts? Uh, to some degree, it's it, you know you 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 do have opportunities to earn something other than you know 0.01 percent on your cash. However, you have to take into account what your real rate of return is, and what the real rate of return is is your return plus or minus inflation. So, in the case where we have high inflation, call it eight uh, percent, and you're earning four percent, well, guess what? Your real return is actually negative. Percent. Um, if when inflation is low, if inflation were running at one or two percent, and you were earning four, then your real return is positive two percent. So, over time, you want to make sure that rate of return that you're receiving is a real rate of return, not just what's called a nominal rate of return. Um, but definitely uh, a bit better for uh, for depositors uh, and people looking at short-term interest rates. Lawrence, to be clear, this inflation problem is not just a USA problem. It's a global problem. It's going on in Europe. It's going on elsewhere. When the Fed increases its interest rate or our interest rates, 
Does that have a spill-off effect, a domino effect on the rest of the world? Well, it does because, you know, investors and, and uh, people looking to place money uh, have a, essentially a global marketplace to look at. And that's one of the reasons the dollar has become so strong relative to other currencies. So if you were to go to Europe, for example, now, the dollar is, is at parity, and I think it's been even above parity with the euro, whereas that wasn't the case. And I think even the pound, uh, with their economic woes, uh, we've seen strength. So money is going to flow to where to places that uh, they can earn the greatest rate of return. And at the moment, the U.S. market is one of the, uh, the high points with, with where our rates are relative to uh, rates throughout Eurozone and, and uh, some of the uh, uh, Far East countries. Now we move on to our topic of the day, and that would be end-of-year money moves to reduce 2022 taxes. Lawrence, isn't it just a wee bit early to be thinking about taxes? You know, it's uh, that's a good question, Wayne. And it, actually, waiting until the new year to think about taxes is a pretty common mistake that a lot of people make. So you really want to review any changes in your finances or your life over the past year, along with recent changes in tax code well before the end of the year. Uh, because in many cases, there are things you can do in the last couple months in order to minimize your tax burden. So if you wait until after January 1st, your options become much more limited, and it's already November 2nd, 3rd, actually. So, you know, there's not that much time left in the year. All right. So give me an idea what some of the things are that I can do before the end of the year to keep some of my very hard-earned money. So there's there's a number of options, but of course it's it's going to depend on your particular situation. So it's always a good idea, and we recommend you know talking with your tax professional or financial planning professional to create a, a game plan that's the best one for you individually. Um, but in general, there are several big things you can consider doing. So first off, take a look at your deductible expenses this year. Uh, the standard deduction for this year, 2022 tax year has risen to $12,950 for single filers and $25,900 for joint filers. So you may want to switch to the standard deduction if your deductible expenses have been less than that. And if you uh, think it is still a good idea to itemize deductions, now would be a good time to start gathering receipts, paperwork, and Begin sharing those with your tax professional and see if there's a way to capitalize or maximize those deductible expenses. So what happens if after looking at finances for the year, it looks like you'll probably owe taxes? What can you do? Well, there's several common strategies that you can uh, consider, and one is to engage in what's called tax loss harvesting. So this is the practice of taking capital losses uh, in other words, selling securities for less than what you paid for them. Uh, and unfortunately, this is a year where, where that seems to be a common theme among many investors. So in order, uh, when you do that, you help balance out, one, any capital gains. And in addition to that, if you have losses uh, in excess of your gains, uh, you can actually use up to $3,000 of those losses uh, to be deducted against ordinary income. Uh, and any remaining capital losses can be carried forward into subsequent years. So, 
it's you know unfortunate if you have lost money. However, if you can sometimes put those losses into good use for your tax situation. So losses from this year could help to balance out gains in future years as well. That's certainly helpful. What else can be done if you are likely to be owing taxes? So you can uh, definitely consider increasing the amount you've had have withheld from your paycheck. So in, you know, talking with your payroll or HR team uh, to increase your your deductions for taxes. Uh, if you discover you've withheld too little on your W four form so far this year, you can adjust withholding in order to cover your expected tax burden before year ends. Um, yeah, this is going to result in probably a smaller paycheck, but it's probably better than getting surprised in April when you do have to write a check to the Treasury. Well, that's for sure. Since we're entering the season of giving, it does remind me, aren't there some tax write-offs for charitable giving? There are, and, and making a charitable gift, other than obviously the, the, uh, the great um, satisfaction and, and benefits of making the gift to a charity uh, that you care about, um, can actually save you money in taxes. So donations to a qualified charity or nonprofit organization may qualify for a tax deduction. Um, just be aware that for some gifts, you may be required to itemize deductions on your Schedule A. So that kind of goes back to the standard deduction versus itemized uh, question. Uh, and while we're on the topic of giving, it's, it's also a good idea to review your estate strategy at this time. Um, specifically, take a look at your beneficiary designations. If you haven't reviewed these designations for some time, uh, we re always recommend double-check. Make sure these assets are structured to go where you'd want them to go in the event that you pass away. Um, and look at your will and make sure that's up to date and, and still valid. So the idea is that with tax time approaching six months away or five months away, it may seem like a long way off. However, it seems like you might save yourself some money if you did consult your tax professional now just to get some ideas of what to do before the calendar year is over? Absolutely. And, you know, you may find they actually may appreciate some pre-planning uh, with, with, rather than handing in all of your things at the last minute. And as we know, life does get busy, and, and that's why it's really helpful to work with your prof financial professional now, whether an accountant or um, financial advisor, uh, rather than in February or March. So putting a good strategy in place to help uh, can help improve your short-term financial situation. And you can take the opportunity to create a strategy that addresses your long-term financial health as well. And we should probably just compare and contrast the differences between a tax professional like a CPA and what a strategic wealth advisor does. Should I come to you for tax advice or should I go to like a CPA? Well, you know, at the end of our segment, you know, when you listen to the disclaimer, you absolutely need to consult your tax advisor for tax advice. So we, we do not provide tax advice. Uh, we can identify areas where you may have some uh, savings or potential opportunities, but we work hand-in-hand -hand with tax professionals um, because they really are the experts knowing the IRS code and how to file to make sure that you're on the right side of, um, of the, uh, you know, the tax, uh, tax status. So uh, we work in collaboration with uh, CPAs and, and uh, folks accountants, and ultimately you want a team that's going to meet your needs across the spectrum of your finances. And that often will include an attorney as well.
So exactly what is your role? Is your role to suggest perhaps investments that might wind up giving you a good return so that later on down the road you're not banged by Uncle Sam? You know, there's a variety of ways that we work uh, with our clients and, and in conjunction with their tax professionals uh, to try to minimize tax implications around the investment management and financial planning that we do. And that could be anything from a discussion around charitable giving uh, and ways in which to do that. It could involve something like a qualified charitable distribution from your retirement account. That's something I think we've talked on, about on, in past shows. Um, it could be taking tax losses uh, to offset or selecting investments that are more tax efficient uh, within your overall investment strategy. So those are just a few ways that we help clients. Um, but ultimately, a, a, a great outcome is working uh, in collaboration with someone's tax professional and coming up with the best strategy that not only saves taxes, but builds uh, towards the client's goals. And Lawrence, we did talk earlier about what happens if it looks like you'll probably owe taxes. We covered that. What about the other side of the coin? What about if it looks like you've overpaid and you're going to get money back? What are your thoughts on how you handle that? Well, you know, it's, it, ultimately, you don't want to give the government an interest-free loan. Uh, that's, that's essentially our view, is you want to try to plan as effectively as possible uh, based upon what you think your tax situation is going to be uh, to make sure that you're paying your fair share, uh, but not overpaying to the point where you're getting a large deduction. Um, yeah, I, th I know some people may you know, be pleasantly surprised when they get a, a refund, however, you know, ultimately, that's money you could have put to better use, and with short-term interest rates being higher, uh, you could have potentially made some money on that those funds. Um, so, you know, you can uh, engage in a number of different strategies and use different tools, uh, and, or we do, uh, as well as a lot of accountants, to figure out how much you owe. Um, and, you know, ultimately there's, there's things like safe harbor payments and so forth to make sure that you don't owe interest and penalties if you underpay. Um, and this is why it's so important to collaborate and work with your team of experts to, uh, to get to um, the best outcome and situation for you. Yeah, I'm a big believer that if you get a refund, which a lot of people get all giddy about, but my, I, I agree with you 100% that if you get a refund and you didn't do something right, because the government had your money that you didn't have, and they held it with no interest. So uh, sometimes, though, isn't it difficult to try to find the right balance with that? Because you're not, not exactly sure by the end of the year until you do your taxes what, how much withholding, how much estimated payments you're going to need to make things pretty much balance out. I mean, in a perfect world, it's zero. But I don't think any of us really get zero when it comes to no money back and, uh, or uh, you know, no money owed. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it definitely involves planning throughout the year. And I think sitting down uh, with your tax professional or your financial advisor um, early on in the year to essentially look forward and say, what does this year potentially look like from a tax standpoint? So think about your sources of income. What investment moves might you be making? Um, are there large purchases or sales or donations that you're going to be making? And most professionals have some sort of calculator where you can say, this is what it likely will look like. And if it's a lot different than prior years, it can be a little bit more challenging to 
thread that needle of not paying too much, but making sure you pay enough. Um, and then throughout the year, probably have a mid-year check, check-in and then look sometime around now and say, am I on track or am I going to owe a little bit more or get a little bit back? So it's, it is an ongoing process. Uh, and I know we work with our clients to, to fine-tune that and be aware of what's going on in their lives outside of just the investments that we may be working with. Lawrence, last month when Lysel Cording was here for the You and Your Money segment, we got some fan mail from a listener who said, I really enjoy these monthly talks about investments and long-term planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky. It makes me feel like I can control my destiny. Many folks have different pots of post-retirement income. For example, Social Security, which can be pushed off to 70, which increases the monthly check, or pre-tax IRAs and 401ks and after-tax Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks. Can you talk about which pot should be tapped first? Well, that you know, taxes play a big part in that decision. And, and like I said earlier, it very much depends on your individual situation and needs. Um, you know, you want to try to balance your, your, your income need with how to do that tax efficiently. And it's not just looking at this single tax year. It's looking forward uh, as well as even looking into uh, the future in terms of what assets your beneficiaries or heirs may be receiving. Um, so ultimately, you can find yourself, if you have a, a broad uh, range of, of different sources of, of money to draw from, you could find yourself in a situation where you're in a very, very, very low tax uh, bracket because for example, you may be drawing from Roth uh, IRA accounts, which are tax-free in, in most situations, um, and drawing out of an account that you've already paid taxes on. Well, your tax situation may be very low and can create some opportunities for you. On the flip side of the coin, if you don't have a lot of uh, essentially sources or different kinds of sources to draw from, your tax situation may be a little bit more restricted. If you only have, let's say, a 401k or an IRA or something like that that hasn't been taxed, and that's the main source of your income. Well, unfortunately, that's taxed as ordinary income. Um, so may, you may need to look at different strategies to manage your, uh, both your income need and your tax situation at the same time. Great advice, Lawrence. And certainly, you've given us a lot to think about this morning. Well, thanks so much, Wayne. It's, uh, you know, we, we, we work very well with our clients and are, are happy to hear that, uh, that we're getting fan mail now. Well, our topic of end-of-year money moves to reduce 2022 taxes, is end-of-the-year planning something you and your team do at Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky? Absolutely, and, and our strategic plan well, invest well, live well process is, is definitely designed to do just that and maximize your, you know, our clients' financial situations, both in the short term and over the long term, uh, to make sure that they can live well both now and into the future and achieve all of their financial goals. So you can definitely uh, look us up on the web uh, or give us a call for a consultation. Our website is whzwealth.com or contact us at 860-928-2341 or at info at whthewealth.com to get started. Stuff. And uh, hey, a little off-topic thing, too. We talked about, obviously, the inflation problem here, which is also worldwide, and the price of gas and so forth. But you were telling me off-air about your daughter 
in Prague, Czechoslovakia. Kind of let the listeners know what that was about. Well, it, you know, it, it's uh, interesting to get a, a global perspective. She's very fortunate that uh, she, she's abroad, but, you know, they're a country that's 100% relying on Russian natural gas to fuel things, and they haven't turned the heat on yet. And, uh, you know, there's a few protests here and there about the concern around prices. But um, definitely, you know, we live in a global world and looking at different perspectives, uh, as we do for investing for clients, to make sure we're looking for the best opportunities and, and, and understanding the world and how it works uh, it yields the best outcome for all. Great stuff. Lawrence, thanks for stopping by this morning. Great to be here, Wayne. Always a pleasure. That would be Lawrence Hale, Principal Managing Partner and Chief Investment Officer at Weiss, Hale & Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors. They offer securities and advisory services through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor, fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. They practice at 697 Pomfret Street, Pomfret Center, 06259. The phone number, 860-928-2341. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors do not provide legal or tax advice. The tenured financial services team strives to support clients in achieving their financial life goals. For more information regarding wealth management and customized financial planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors, please visit whzwealth.com. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.